You're listening to the That's My Financial Guy podcast, where we talk about life, love, the funny, and of course, money. What could go wrong? Welcome to another episode of the That's My Financial Guy podcast. I am your host, financial guru, Brian Haney of The Haney Company, and I am thrilled to be in the presence of the Brian <laughs> Steiner too, too today. Too kind. And I, I got to be honest, first, I'm, I'm flattered that you asked me to participate because I, I love what you got going on. And, uh, uh, you know, to be a part of it and have NAFA be a part of it is fantastic. But for the folks listening... My man is sitting across from me in this bold yellow and black blazer that not many can pull off. I know it's not the only one he has in his closet, but being a Pittsburgh guy, uh, living in a D.C. world, you know, you're giving me a good strong Steelers vibe right now and Penguin vibe, which yeah. they're, they're rocking and rolling. They're kind of they're chasing the caps a little bit. You know, that's a good rivalry. Yeah. And and I think, you know, postseason, it's going to probably going to come back. Well, that's where they all meet. Yeah. Yeah. And the last, the last, the last time I know the caps got the the better of it, but we'll see. We know how that history works. We do. We do. Yeah. I mean, I can't, you know, NAFA, NAFA is my baby. I gotta, I gotta bring it when I come here. So, um, (laughs) well, you look sharp. Thank you. I'm jealous. Thank you. I'm going to raise my game next time around. That's all right. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. So let's get, let's get to know you a little bit in a fun way. Uh, what food will you not eat under any circumstance. Do you ask this to everybody? Sometimes, yeah. Uh, what food will I not eat under uh, uh, any circumstance? I guess there's two. Can I have two? You can have as many as you want. Uh, Brussels sprouts. Okay. Doesn't matter how they're cooked, how they're prepared. Had a traumatic experience. I think I was seven or eight years traumatic old. Traumatic Brussels, Brussels sprout, like. I yeah. was. My parents didn't necessarily take a hard line. Bully, bullied by Bull- Brussels sprouts. Yeah, but they they made me sit at the dinner table until I until I ate them, and uh, I got a couple of them down and then actually got sick at the table, um, which was not a favorable outcome. And ever since then, I've said no to Brussels sprouts okay. and, uh, and salmon. No, smell, texture, just not for me. Those are probably two things I should eat, given my, my normal diet. My wife would probably want me to eat both of those to be a little healthier, but no way, man. Salmon and Brussels sprouts. Okay. I think I, I can honestly say I think those are two new ones that we haven't heard. Okay. So What's the, is, there any, is there one that stuck out? There's a hundred-year-old egg was one. The hundred-year-old egg, yeah. which is a, I guess, a, a, an Asian or a Chinese delicacy. Oh, that's, that's um, more advanced than mine. Yeah, I, that was well thought I'm out. Not educated uh, enough. Well to know thought that out. That even existed. Yeah, I, and and just <laughs> again, even even by name, it doesn't doesn't seem to pique my interest or curiosity. Yeah. But that's all right. Yeah. So no, okay, Brussels sprouts and Brussels salmon. Brussels sprouts and salmon. All right. So if you could be a superhero, what superpower would you have? And you can only have one. Can only have one. This time it's only one. That's a good one too. Um, let's see. Reading minds, no, because I'd probably just be disappointed in what people really think of me. <laughs> um, flying seems cliche. How about we live in DC, lots of traffic. How about teleport? Yeah. I can be somewhere in a moment's notice. Sometimes just, you just wanna, you know, click my heels like Dorothy and be somewhere else. So I'll say I want to teleport. Be able to uh, absolutely. teleport. Absolutely. No, we were I mean, just coming out here, there's you know, <laughs> bonkers levels of traffic in the middle of the day where there's no reason to be traffic i we were literally having that conversation on the way here so i'm so oh yeah i think that that that's a yeah i'm not sure no marvel does more i guess that'd be more x-men of a x-men nightcrawler nightcrawler anyway i'll say around what do you what do you you normally get for a response there 
across the board, it really, th you know, you got to think about not just the implications of the power itself, but really, you know, like maximum utilization. Are you, uh, you know, is it for self-interest? Is it for, you know, the betterment of mankind? Yeah, I think you I'll know, say, I'll say, well, I don't know if it's betterment it. for mankind. It's definitely self-interest for my, well, and for my family, because I feel like I could be multiple places. So I'll do, I'll do that. I like that. No, I, I'll it, mix it up. It's a great answer. Would you rather explore under the sea or outer space? Yeah. I randomly had a very traumatic Disney experience. Did you? <laughs> we got a lot of trauma coming yeah, out. Yeah, I got a lot of trauma. Brussels it's not, sprouts. This not that kind of show, but no, this but was let's re keep going. this was I recent like too. I'm, I would rather explore underwater. I know we, that we as a society as a, as a, as a, don't know much about either, um, but I'll, I'll say underwater. We had a board meeting for NAFA last year at Disney, mm -hmm. and a few colleagues and I ended up at Epcot, the Mission to Mars ride. Yeah. And there's a kids, uh, uh, a kids line to go through, the kids version, and then there's like the, you know, I guess, you know, teenage adult. So we, of course, went that direction. And, uh, you know, I did have, we were in Epcot, so I had a libation or two. And uh, they put me in this extremely closed quartered space, Mission to Mars, simulated G-Force, and they couldn't get me out of it fast enough. So some of our colleagues here can say how uncomfortable I was. So I have no interest in having to do that again in actuality. So I will 86 go into outer space, and I will go uh, underwater and take my chances down A little there. Jacques Cousteau. A little actually. Jacques Cousteau. I, I, I think that's better than... My kids and I, we've been know. watching a lot of uh, Planet Earth uh, oceans lately, so it's been on the... And there, my kids are also into a show called Octonauts. Yep. Do your kids watch Octonauts? It's on Netflix, mm -hmm. Amazon, and my three-year-old can't... Like, she demands it. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been a hot topic in uh, Casa de Steiner. Like so it. we'll uh, we'll go underwater. Excellent. No, I mean, and there's... You know, it, it's as underexplored as, as parts of you know, exactly. most parts of the so world. So I feel so like I if I can go down there and learn, I can be you know, on the forefront of, uh, of that science. I like so, it. No. There we go. And last but not least, besides this one, of course, of course, what other podcast do you like that you would recommend to somebody else? What other podcasts? There is a zillion out there, obviously, but uh, you know, I am a golf junkie. So Excellent. I don't know that this is speaking my language. There we go. And I know when we got, we got to play sometime. Let's, we do. We talk about it, but we actually haven't gone to tee it up. Um, there's some guys that get together called No Laying Up. Um, essentially, I think they were all either high school buddies or college buddies that started, you know, having a text chain years ago about different PGA tournaments and stuff. And then that kind of escalated that they were in different parts of the country. So that was their way of. Uh, um, you know, going to this podcast was just putting their banter back and forth in a, in a digestible format. So the PGA has caught on to them and ever tour pros, and uh, wow. they put out some pretty cool stuff. So I would say that uh, in a different life, I'd love to do something similar. So no laying up. So if you're golf fans, I encourage you to check it out. They've got a pretty good inside track with some of the guys on tour and get some good stories that love the it. Golf Channel won't tell. So I think it's pretty sweet. Awesome. No, that, that's, that's definitely brand new, and I'm going to – Look it up right away. Yeah, That's, no That sounds up. awesome. Plus, when you're playing golf, you, they, we all talk about it. So it's like, am I going to go for that shot? Of course Well, I didn't come here I mean, to lay up, so you're going to let it fly. So exactly. it's kind of fun. Plus, so, I got some pretty good gear, merch. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Hey, there's some nice PGA gear. I think so, you got a congressional. I got some swag when I was out there a for a meeting. Yeah. Again, for a meeting, not for a round. So we got to change that. We'll, we can work a couple things out, <laughs> I'm sure. All right. So tell the audience about yourself and what you do. Sure. 
Um, I am, I work for, for NAFA, and for those listening, it's the, the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors, professional uh, association for um, insurance agents and financial advisors really across the country. Um, my responsibilities uh, are around business development and industry relations. Um, I work very closely with the, uh, our insurance partners, kind of the, the, the New York Life's, Northwestern's, Prudential's, Mutual of Omaha's, uh, of the world to uh, encourage uh, their support, uh, both from a membership and engagement perspective, but also financial to help keep the, the wheels greased here at NAFIS so that we can uh, continue to do the good work that uh, we strive to do. Yeah, and it's massively important work. It is, and it's interesting too, because <clears throat> I was prior to this and years ago in a prior life, uh, I was in the business. So I was an yeah. advisor, I used to attend NAFIS meetings, um, not a, I definitely, I look back as a, as a, you know, professional now. And if the Brian of today could go shake the Brian of yesterday, I would have, <laughs> uh, I probably would have stuck it out a little longer because uh, it's a, an awesome career and one that I've always regretted transitioning away from. Um, so getting an opportunity a couple years ago to come back um, to be a part of NAFA, which again, I was familiar with uh, from my days before, um, to kind of get back into the profession and see it through from a different side, I thought was a really cool opportunity. So I've been on board here for, it's crazy, almost five years. Yeah. Um, and NAFA has gone through a tremendous amount of change during that time and uh, very proud to have been a part of it and uh, hopefully part of its future ongoing. Um, but uh, yeah, we're doing, we do a lot of good work for the industry, which I'm sure we'll take a deeper dive into here as we, uh, as yeah. we keep chatting. Well, yeah, and, and you have a very you know, a, a more unique perspective, because a lot of times, especially in the association industry, it's not often that you have staff sure. working for an association that have the actual professional experience yep. that represent the membership. And so that's, I imagine, a hugely valuable framework for you. Uh, very much so, yeah. It definitely frames a different perspective. Um, I was, you know, as a, as, a, as a new advisor in the industry, kind of cutting your teeth and what that means and what that's about. And uh, understanding the challenges and you know depending whether you work for a career agency or an independent group like I did you know resources uh, that are available to you uh, vary some are great right. some some you know people are uh, you know uh, don't have as much access to support as others um, and there's no right or wrong way but you know obviously different challenges getting started and uh, having been a part of that and you know I've so life insurance, I've sold long-term care, I've managed money, I've delivered death benefits. Um, it definitely, I think I'm the only person on our, I know I'm the only person on our national staff, um, but then amongst the field through our chapters, I, I do believe, I, I think I'm the only person that's actually been in the field. So um, I tend to be a sounding board for a lot of things uh, when we don't have quick, quick access to members. And it's not to say that I have all the answers, but uh, um, I feel like I've got a pretty good perspective on, uh, on the industry, Absolutely. which definitely helps. It helps too in talking to partners, uh, spending time with uh, the leadership of uh, um, the companies that are out there. Um, I think it helps kind of frame the conversation a little differently and than just being exclusively uh, an association professional. Yeah, no, and, and you know, the passion points that you have from personal experience sure. can't, can't be understated. Completely um, And, you know, f you had somebody that exposed you to NAFA in that role. Sure. So what would you tell somebody uh, that's either new to the industry or maybe been in the industry for a little while but is unfamiliar with NAFA? What would you tell them about NAFA? Join. You know, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> not, I mean you got to join. It, it's, a, it's a, you know, again, maybe a cliche thing to say. Um, 
the culture of joining anything, let alone associations, has changed. I mean, significantly. Absolutely. It, it's not a, it's not an isolated financial services industry issue. Um, it's a you know across the board issue. I mean, I think you know you and I are sitting here, and I think we can you know people join Amazon Prime. That's yep. what they join. That's right. Um, and uh, hopefully they join and sign up for like your podcast so that they're listening. That's right. But it used to be a day when you started in this business, and it predates when I was in it in the in the early two thousands. But you know, many of our members talk about when they came into the business, it was you know your your agent, your advisor contract with whoever you know you're working through, and then it, you know a NAIF application. And there's been introductions of other associations that you know complement NAFA, compete with NAFA, et cetera. Um, but being involved in a professional association, mm-hmm. I think if you actually aren't just a passive member, but you join and take some steps to get involved, I think it changes your perspective. I think it elevates the seriousness that you maybe have towards a profession and helps change the game. Um, you know, again, depending where you're getting started as a new person in this business, this first three, four, five years, you know, you're not necessarily worried about how po- like policy and legislation or regulation are going to affect your practice. You're just trying to pay your rent yep, uh, and survive. Exactly. And, you know, I always look at NAFA and I explain it to people that aren't members, um, that are members, but maybe aren't, you know, taking advantage of, of what NAFA has to offer or to companies. NAFA is a life uh, is a life cycle association. There yeah. are resources that are available to you that if you're just getting started day one, or if you're a top of the table, core of the table MDRT guy or gal, um, that there's benefits. And I, I know that you can speak to them, but when you're getting started, and yes, the education that you may get from the the group that hired you, uh, and again, some places better than others, but to get outside of that circle of that company and engage with other young people that are getting started that are that you're not alone you're going through this together Uh, no one has all the right answers no one has the exact formula for success and being out there and networking and building out your centers of influence and you know whether it's hot topics or speakers you know there are speakers that may change your life there are speakers that may change your day but all of those have impacts and NAFE is a place that you can that you can do that. And we're unique, too, in that we've got chapters all over. I mean, we've gone through a pretty dynamic um, structural change yep. since January of last year. Um, but there are over 80 chapters of NAFA. So you can engage and work with, like, with me at the national level. Um, but if you're getting started or, you know, your limited resources or don't have time, you know, there are meetings in your city whether they have happen monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, there are touch points that are easy. Yeah. And uh, plus, we're trying to be a lot more current, much like we're doing this, you know, podcast today. That's right. We're trying to put information out that's you know maybe more, uh, you know, micro sessions, digestible, on the go, on demand, so that you don't physically have to go places. But I definitely think there's kind of a misnomer because people, um, you know, some people say, oh, people don't want to go to meetings. But then when you get to a meeting and you kind of get some of that, um, uh, you, you know, the energy that comes from that and the engagement, people are like, ah, oh, that's exactly why I'm here. So um, getting started in this business, joining a professional association, I think, helps point you in the right direction to give you some additional tools that may, that may be where you get all your education, may supplement 
um, but also help give you a community. I mean, when you talk to any of the membership, they say the, the part is the community. And uh, 100%. sometimes that gets lost too. And it's really kind of the foundation of what we're about and uh, to know you're not alone in this business. And um, there's a lot of good people to lean on that want to see everyone succeed. Well, and you know, I mean, I think that that last point is so vital. And yet I think it's something that's probably harder to grasp. I was really fortunate when I, you know, transitioned into the, the business, the industry to have, you know, a leader, a mentor and, and, uh, you know, a manager that helped me understand there's, you know, the two main components to success that you won't get necessarily through a, you know, a traditional company channel or other things are, sure. are, are number one, developing relationships with experts mm-hmm. in the field so that you can take advantage of collective and collaborative learning. Cause that's necessary. There's no one person or one way to learn. Completely agree. So finding people that, you know, are either 40 years ahead of you or even four years ahead of you, but maybe have some nuggets that's critical. And also, um, anybody that wants to succeed in what they're doing, the other critical element to success that he was, you know, really good about getting me to understand that I understood probably cognitively, but not necessarily practically, but at least right. I followed direction, thankfully, <laughs> um, was that, you know, learn from the best until you become the best. Uh, that sounds like a pretty good mantra. And so, you know, what, what better place to, to be and to plug into than an industry association where the best and brightest of our industry are represented. And like you mentioned as well, it's a very diverse um, membership. So you'll find people of every kind of walk of life and every type of practice. So, you know, you can, you can get access to some really great intellectual capital that you're not necessarily going to find in any, any other place. Agreed. And, and I will say that, you know, most of my engagement with, you know, our active volunteers, they want to give back. Yeah. You know, there it's, it's one of the really unique things about having not worked in an association before, um, and seeing the commitment that the volunteers, I mean, they're the, obviously they're volunteering, they're there on their own time, time away from our pra- the practice and, um, certain leadership roles, the time, um, that it does, you know, take up travel, et cetera. Um, it's, it's pretty incredible to see what these, how much these people care uh, about the industry, how much about they care about the association, the next generation that's coming through. And, um, I mean, you know, that's kind of one of the things that for me and the rest of our staff, when you see folks like yourself that take an active leadership role in, in, in what you give just on your own time, it makes it really, I mean, hey, we get paid to do it, but it makes it really easy to get up and be like, yeah, we're going to deliver. Um, Absolutely. Because, uh, yeah, there's some passionate folks that really, really, really enjoy and want to give back. And then, you know, I, I think of you get told no a lot in this industry you do. as in most well, people, type of personal or sales roles but one that's the one word i don't hear a lot of when it comes to connecting with other members in nafa yeah that's a really good point you know <laughs> that's i'll, really I'll, I'll, I'll hear no a up. lot of times and i've been married so i've heard no <laughs> me too quite a bit you know over over 15 plus years but but yeah no when it comes to asking for help raising your hand and trying to build relationships you don't get told no in nafa and that's huge and significant um, and probably not something that I think we think enough about in terms of value and in terms of um, how that equips you, uh, you know, in an industry that has, like 
pretty much every every type of industry this day and age gone through some radical changes. And sure. let's let's talk a little bit about the industry at large. You know, we understand that you know technology has revolutionized not just how we buy things, but how we communicate, how we build relationships. It's it's had an impact across the board on you know society. Um, and so there's no industry that's been immune. Certainly the sure. financial industry is, is, is one that has had its, uh, you know, it's had an impact. And I think that that's something that, uh, you know, is going to be a critical component for NAFA to be on the forefront of. So let's right. talk about, you know, some of the major industry changes that you, you know, you've seen and some of the things that NAFA has been doing to not just um, participate, but really take leadership and help, you know, guide and direct really, you know, the people that make up the industry through some pretty radical changes. Sure. No, I, no, listen, and, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a movement and even some of the, what I would consider career companies are even making investments and I won't name names into like, you know, robo or direct to consumer platforms. That's right. Which is a huge, you know, from a, from an advisor perspective, when you can say, Hey, the company that I work through is making pretty hefty investments in you know a direct to consumer. What does that mean for my future? Where am I going? Yeah, um, I think the the good thing for the industry is that you know there's always going to be an element of the American consumer that I think leverages that and sure. goes direct, and that's they that's want right. to self manage. Uh, but when you get down to actual decision making, especially when you when you talk about you know retirement products or the intricacies of a life insurance and annuity products that sometimes get, I think, misrepresented in the space sure. uh, unfairly because, I mean, every one of those has a place at the right time um, in the right moment. But um, I think people always w really want to seek advice and actually talk to uh, a trusted uh, resource, trusted advisor. Um, so I do think there's an element from that technology where, you know, there's um, trying to provide resources and things to keep bringing in that next wave of people to be comfortable to survive in the space so that there are a, uh, a number of advisors left to give advice because not as many people are coming into this industry um, as they it's did maybe in our, in our, in our parents' generation. Yep. And, and I'm not sure if that's a disconnect in the schools or from the industry as a whole from a recruitment perspective, but it's a shame because it is an unbelievable profession and one that I would, you know, proudly and 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 very excitedly like encourage my children who are small two girls um to <laughs> to, to you know to to look to do because I, I actually think women can be an unbelievable resource in this space absolutely and, um, we're working with a number of um other uh, associations in our space women in financial services females in finance etc to help um again bring that next wave of female agent advisor into the space but as far as technology goes you know, being a professional association, association, a lot of times associations lag in technology. Uh, the Sometimes. financial services industry, I believe, in a lot of ways lags, but associations tend to. You know, we have a team here as we put events on, as we, whether it's through our chapters or through our national conferences or through our member benefit providers, we are trying to work through different um, you know, and vet the, 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 the latest and greatest IT platform, software, yeah. apps, whatever it may be, to help our members' practices become more efficient, more effective, uh, you know, identify economies of skill so that they can spend more time being in front of their clients, prospective clients, and leverage technology to either manage their day-to-day -day, um, or uh, help prospect, uh, things of that nature. I mean, you know, the days of 
cold calling, I'm sure still exists to some level, but through <laughs> caller IDs and, and different rules and things, I know that that, you know, that was, you know, when I came in this, when I, when I started, I would drive to business parks where we had a client yep. and I would write down all of the names of the businesses there. And then I'd go back to the office, dig up phone numbers and call and be like, oh, we work with so-and-so in, in the, in the, you know, in your office building love to stop by, you know, that's how we were doing it. Yeah. And now there's wasn't just, that long ago. It either. wasn't that long ago. No, I'm not that, you know, we're creeping 40 <laughs> now. So it wasn't that long ago, but, um, you know, the way that folks that, you know, the average age of, a, of the industry, I think of, of an agent is around 55 or 56. Yep. The way that, you know, and, and if they're successful right now, they're probably operating on a pretty, uh, a pretty well-oiled referral machine that they've built over time in this space. And the way that they built that is a lot different than the 23, 24-year-old getting started. Um, you know, they're probably, the 23, 24 is probably like, okay, boomer, uh, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, sure, that worked for you, but that doesn't work for this next gen. So, you know, we are trying to identify thought leaders, yeah. um, identify technologies, and whether we're uh, positioning that as thought leadership and things that we put out through our publications or our events, or working to profile them as member benefits so that our members can at least have quick access or at least have quick, you know, easy information to whether they want to integrate that into their, uh, into their, um, uh, their practice or not. So, um, I no. know it's probably a roundabout answer, No, but, but, uh, and, but also, you know, doing stuff like this, Yeah, you know, this is a, you know, we, I, I hope as a, as an association for us that we continue to do more things like this. We've moved to kind of a virtual platform for a lot of our programming. One of the cool things we introduced last year uh, as a test, and it just went live nationally last week called NAFA Live, yep. which is a combination awesome. of, um, you know, in-person watch party with live speakers, but then it allows our chapters to get together to have watch parties, or if you're at your desk, just log in. And for a lot of folks, hey, we can bring in top quality speakers that maybe a lot of our areas wouldn't have access to otherwise or don't have the resources to bring them in uh, to provide that in an intimate even though online setting um, is pretty powerful we're really we're really excited about it and uh, i know that we have a whole slate of uh, our calendar kind of built out for the rest of this year and i know it's going to be kind of a um, a focal point for us moving forward well and that's i mean that's a, a prime example as to why not just nafa is is hugely critically important to any person in the industry mm -hmm. because you are embracing, engaging, and vetting and working through all of the technology that's going to be necessary for the practice of tomorrow, but also in recognition of some of the other things that you were, you mentioned, you know, any industry that, that has an average age above 40 probably has a bit of a concern sure. in terms of how do we transfer to the next generation or bring in the next generation. What's, you know, really, what is it gonna look like in the next 20 or 30 years if the majority of people are, you know, maybe at the proverbial age of retirement or, or you know, how is, how is this gonna happen? Um, and I think that combined with the need to understand how to digitize yeah. oneself and brand oneself because I think now more than ever before, the need to, to be able to distinguish yourself either as an individual practitioner or have, have your own practices persona is critical. Sure. Um, you look at even advertising these days, right? 
they, you know, corporate entities, State Farm, Fidelity, you know, American Funds, whoever it is, they're responsible for advertising for them, th them as a corporate entity and sure. what they deliver. But what, but what about to the them consumer. as a, right? But what about them as an individual looking to, to again, hundred percent? And in case in point with what we're doing today, and really one of the cool things that NAFA provides, and which is why I again getting involved early and taking an active role, you know, you have an ability through a group like us to really elevate your profile. 100%. We do, you know, we look for speakers on a variety of topics. We have a publication called Advisor Today where we profile our members and give them platforms. Um, we have opportunities to do different kinds of thought leadership. But then think about the one part we haven't really touched upon too is the like the government relations, the advocacy side. That's right. And which is really the foundation and, and core of what NAFE has been about the, is the advocate and making sure that, you know, again, people are like, what's that even mean? And it's like, well, hey, you are out there as an advisor agent selling insurance to protect your clients or you're getting them to save money to protect so that they have a healthy retirement. You know, NAFA is essentially the profession's insurance policy, the agent advisor's insurance policy, because we're on the hill federally with Congress, so we're in the House, we're in the Senate, uh, we're, we're often even in the White, we have direct lines to, to, to components of the White House, um, but then also in state government too, because so much insurance is, is regulated at the state level. And having our members be part of that process to encourage them and have them understand that their voice in shaping policy and legislation is real and matters yep. and has impact. And if you can, as, as a member, and regardless of the state you're in or whatever, but you know, be a part of going to Capitol Hill and sitting down with you know, Senator Grassley from Iowa, mm -hmm. who really helped sculpt the SECURE Act yep. that just, just got passed, um, and having a direct line to him, I mean, that in theory can be very intimidating if it's not something you've done, but working through a group like NAFA provides you the access, coaches you, gives you the, uh, the, uh, uh, the confidence to go in there, tell your story, talk about how XYZ affects your practice, your clients, what that means uh, for yeah. the industry. And then being able to go back when you're meeting with you know, a business owner client or a prospect and being able to say, hey, as part of my professional association, I was just on Capitol Hill meeting with so-and-so, and we were talking about issues that affect your, you know, your retirement, the 401k that you administer, that you, that you provide to your mm -hmm. people, or different, you know, uh, benefits, whether they be, you know, again, insurance, health, whatever. We're in there having those conversations on your behalf. That is a pretty powerful thing to go back and share and uh, again, so as far as a differentiator to build a brand, I think it's one of those things that um, we can really help build out um, and raise members' profiles. Well, and, you know, advocacy as a word has now really become activism. And I think that sure. that's what we're, we're talking about. It's, you know, a recognition that you, one individual practitioner or, or you know, practice or whatever it is, that that you have the ability to have a formative relationship and an impact on legislation that impacts not just your industry, but society at large, Absolutely. you know, if, if, and if you're not there, you know, we, we 
you know, things can just get past and then you're just dealing with the impact, the fallout and the consequences. And it, and it is important uh, to know that, um, you know, you're being, you're not just being represented in the best ways, but you're also being given that, that platform to elevate yourself and participate to the degree that you want to, yep. you know, and, and we, we have kind of activists about a lot of things, whether it's cause related, whether it's geopolitical, whether mm-hmm. it's social justice or whatever it is. And this, you know, is, is right in line with a lot of that. And I think that that's uh, certainly a, an understated component, but one that uh, is not just extremely powerful, but very important. It's paramount. It's yeah. paramount. And we do work with in line with, uh, uh, you know, other industry um, I'll say coalitions, uh, yep. but NAFA is the largest, oldest, mm-hmm. um, most comprehensive professional association in the insurance and financial services space. So, we have you know twenty five thousand members all across the country. We have representation in every congressional district yep. in the United States, and uh, each May, I mean, we run, we send people to the hill at every state capitol. We routinely bring people in to Capitol here, uh, Capitol Hill here in D.C. Um, but each May, uh, for, for the industry, and NAFA helps subsidize people to come in too, because that's how important we think it is. Um, that we have representation from each state. Yep. And last year we had close to 800 folks um, come into DC, spend a few days with us. Uh, we brought a number of uh, uh, political figures in to to speak. Uh, to help make them and coach them and make them more comfortable on what they were going to be doing the following day when we sent everybody to Capitol Hill. Yep. And you've done it. You've done it for yep. years. And prior to my time as a, as a, a, you know someone on staff at NAFA, I had not, while I'd been to NAFA meetings, I had not done that. Hmm. And uh, my, I guess my first month um, after I came on board with NAFA, um, we were on the, you know, the early stages of the Department of Labor and uh, I got to tag along uh, to a uh, to a hearing on the Hill at where our current president at the time, Jules Godreau, gave some testimony. And it's crazy because if you haven't been up there, uh, it literally is like the show Veep. Yeah. If you've seen Veep, it's yeah. hilarious, right? But you're sitting there and you've got a number of members of the house and they've got all their staffers running around with their phones. But the access that you actually do have in those moments um, and the, the time that they do give, I mean, it's, it's crazy and it really kind of changed. Uh, I mean, it fund- fundamentally changed how I viewed that component of what we do. And I really think it just creates a stickiness, not just for NAFA membership, but for people in the industry. Uh, that's an experience that, you know, there are a lot of places that you can go to hear a speaker. Uh, there's a lot of places that you can go for education. I hope you come here for us because I mm-hmm. think our stuff rocks. But doing things like that is a, is a unique value proposition that NAFA provides and one that can fundamentally change, uh, I think, your career. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, as we look forward to the future, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that, you know, anybody listening should be aware of, whether you're a part of the financial industry professionally whether you just happen to have a relationship with an agent, an advisor, et cetera, um, you know, it's, it's amazing to me to be able to think that so much of society now can uh, make decisions 
as significant as, as you know, dealing with their own money mm-hmm. without the benefit of a professional. Right. Um, you know, you've got WebMD that people can now use to try to help figure out their Good. health without right. a doctor. Uh, you, I, you've feel got, like, I feel like you've just tapped into my wife's mind right there. I feel like she, she does that to me all the time. You know, you can, <laughs> you can, you know, you can even talk to Google and have them order stuff. I mean, right. you literally, there's so much about our life that does not now require some form of a relationship and engagement. And a lot of that's very, very good, helpful. You know, technology is really, you know, sure. it can be used for, for good or bad. It is what it is. It just depends on how you use it. But for the industry now, um, I think that there's clearly a massive need for members of the industry and certainly members of NAFA to, you know, be reconciling what that's going to look like to maintain a level of relevance that, you know, has been eroded. If, if the option is, do I work with a professional? Well, 20 years ago, that was your only option. That was pretty much it. Or you tried to do it yourself and, you know, you were overwhelmed. You didn't have access to the same level of information you do now, sure. et cetera. Today, the question is, do I need to work with somebody or not? Or can I do this myself? Can I DIY this? Yep. And I think that if we're not really considering the implications of that as as a as a individual, as a professional, as society, I think we're missing something significant. No, and, and I agree. And I and I think there's always going to be a segment of you know DIYers. That's just Absolutely. the reality. And I looked at you know it's it's the things about and I you know if you regardless of what stage you are in the business, but especially when you're getting started. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to ask those. People don't like to talk about getting sick, dying, and getting hurt, right? Nope. Uh, people like to talk about, you know, investment returns and some of the sexy money stuff. But the foundational things to a core, you know, sound financial plan, um, people don't often know what questions they should be asking. That's right. And it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't ask them those questions. That's right. And... Um, being an you know being an advisor asking the hard questions that's what you have to do and if you're not shame on you yeah. um, because that's the the you know the unfortunate reality is we don't have enough people asking we genuinely do have a retirement crisis coming it's 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 I don't want to say it's it's coming it's here um, it's it actually and I don't have the numbers in front of me at the moment but when you kind of read reports on what you know the average you know average consumer has saved or, you know, not prepared for a long-term care need Mm -hmm. or like, you know, and I can speak to that from personal experience currently. I mean, my, my, you know, my father, my mother has some serious health issues that she's been battling for almost 50 years where she's been uninsurable. And my father, I was one of the first policies I ever sold getting out. You know, you got to, you, 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 your center, your, your immediate, your family friends network. (laughs) Thank God for family. Yeah, exactly. right? Right. So my dad did me, did me a favor. Uh, but really, as I look to it, at the time I felt like he was doing me a favor. The actuality is I was doing him one. Absolutely. And uh, still has that long-term care policy in place. And obviously that industry has seen itself ebb and flow, companies in and out, policies, rate increases, et cetera. By the way, for those listening, we have a center uh, specifically around long-term care. I'll plug that. Uh, we've partnered with all of the leading uh, companies uh, not just from a, uh, a policy perspective, but uh, different aspects of long-term care solutions, reverse mortgages, life settlement. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say um, that 
any one of those is the exact answer, but it's for our membership and future members to be more comfortable in that space. It's a great place for them to go to get resources and better understand what's available because not everything works in every situation. It's just important to know what's out there. And it's second to none in um, the way it's been developed and delivered. I uh, think it's, it's it's fantastic. We're, we're, we're really proud of it. We've got some great leadership behind it between, you know, Carol Golden, who um, is a, a kind of a, a you know, a, has been a leader in that space and really uh, helped uh, drive a lot of change and been a, an anchor in, mm-hmm. in that community. We're great. We're grateful to have her as part of it. And anyway, so the long-term care thing is is a piece. But knowing what impact the absence of products uh, can have, and I, you know, my my unfortunately, my mother's in a situation where quality of life isn't quite as great as you know we'd like it to be, and what that financially does to a family for someone that you know I know obviously I'm partial, but you know my father you know worked his tail off for you know, 40 odd years and to see what some of these things that are happening financially do, uh, you know, it's never too early to have those conversations. That's right. It may seem difficult to sit down and talk to someone who's first job out of college, but the impact it can have of just having them take that, hey, obviously saving your 401k, but what else can you do? And just starting that IRA or investing in some permanent life insurance to lock in insurability. I mean, there's a million different things. There's a million different benefits to starting early. Um, but getting that next generation of advisor to come into this business and ask those tough questions, you know, we're dead in the water if that's not happening. Well, and, and also how do we help the consuming public in the same way that as a professional we need to embrace and digitize ourselves our practices and use technology to our advantage we also need to help the consuming public do the same because we live in in what i like to call you know the era of information but it's the illusion of wisdom meaning you now more than ever before you can get information data and answers to any question in in milliseconds yes but having all of that at your fingertips doesn't mean you're more equipped to know what to do with the information once you get it. And I think that that now we can see psychologists have, have studied this and can you know point to improve. It's making it harder to make decisions, uh, not easier, because you're overwhelmed. There's almost too much, and you don't know how to triage it. You don't know how to boil it down for yourself. And I think that, you know, that's... Uh, probably emblematic of, of, of the larger kind of, you know, personnel crisis, but industry crisis as well, mm-hmm. and the need to have NAFA and professionals that are willing to embrace the role of, all right, let me let me come alongside you, be a partner, and help you make the decisions that you want to make, but you don't know how, because all this information, whether it comes from a robot, from Google, what sure. have you. It's not going to necessarily tell you everything, and it may not know because a, a robot doesn't know the questions to ask. You can program things to a certain extent, but that doesn't, you know, it doesn't really get you all the way there. And so, completely agree. I think that that's, you know, a hugely transitional uh, dynamic that NAIF is certainly working to continue to equip, you know, everybody from the PNC agent to the, yep. you know, assets under management broker to yep. everybody in between. Yeah, and, and, and again, too, when you join NAFA and you and you become a member, you are signing a code of ethical conduct um, yes. that we're very proud of. We have a, we have a mantra that we, that we use now, kind of the, the power of the pin. We encourage our members to uh, 
to represent their professional association and wear their lapel pin, um, which I will say are quite stylish these days. Maybe not uh, prior, but we've made some upgrades to them. They look pretty good. They, they could even work with this jacket that <laughs> I got know, on. You know, it, it would be a bold contrast to it the yellow would, jacket that you have on right now, but nonetheless, people would say, hey, what's that about? Yeah. Um, and uh, so I have, you know, utmost and total faith in our membership that they are operating uh, with uh, obviously their be- their clients' best interest in mind, but you're exactly right. There's a tremendous amount of information that's available at fingertips, and you know it can be paralysis by analysis, and people get overwhelmed. And unfortunately, they either make bad decisions, uninf- they may make great they may make great decisions. I don't want to say that everyone's making bad decisions, but they could make bad decisions, or you know, from an insurance perspective, underinsured because this article told them. So where are they getting their information? How, you know, how valid is it? Um, but I'm confident to say that if people are sitting down with a NAFA member, that they're getting real advice from people that understand the, the products and services they're providing, providing, and it's somebody that they can trust. Yep. And, um, you know, again, and a lot of times too, the information doesn't necessarily prompt people to act. A lot of times they so just true. sit on it. And you, I think one of the, again, key roles of uh, someone in this industry uh, is getting the person to actually act. Yeah. Um, because you don't know what tomorrow holds. Yeah. Which sounds cliche, but it's true. Well, and not making a decision is, in fact, making a decision. And I think right. the, the big C word that is critical to get comfortable with is there are consequences to everything. And there are risks to everything, sure. whether you say yes or whether you don't, whether you just stay the same. And, you know, I, I, you know, I wouldn't, there's a lot that I'm willing to do uh, to take care of my health and medically and all that, that I don't need a doctor for, but I'm still going to go to a doctor just to make sure just that I'm on point. Your, that reminds me, I should probably, I need to get my wife's been in my well, ear. Well, there you go. I need to go get a physical. It's I got to get a physical. You know. Yeah, once in a while, right? Yeah, every once Change in the a while. oil in the car, yeah, get a physical. It's a scum, yeah. You know, go I, to the dentist, <laughs> te- clean your teeth, shower once in a while. Uh, you get hosed off in the yard. Yeah. So, um, what upcoming events do we want to make sure the audience can get excited about that we want to highlight real quick? Uh, so I got three. Awesome. One, you're 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 involved in all of them. So <laughs> self plug, a little plug for you too, but. For those local to the D.C. Metro, I think it's February 4th. It is February 4th. Uh, at the Sheridan of, and Tyson's at Corner? the Sheridan and Tyson's Corner. Uh, one of our chapters, the Greater Washington, D.C. chapter of NAFA, um, puts on their uh, success summit, which you've been a part of for years. Um, if you want to get a real sense of what NAFA is about, oh, yeah. this is a one-day, like, power event. I mean, I just – I mean – Daniel Pink a couple years ago oh came. You've got Ron Carson this year. Mike the dude's on his... CNN. He's one yeah. of the leading wealth managers in the in the world. Yeah. Um, and I know you guys are. I, I know some of the folks at uh, Brock and some of the others have you know pretty good relationship with Ron. We're actually uh, doing. We're having some conversations with his group to do, hopefully do. We're doing a Secure Act uh, joint webinar with the Carson group awesome. here later this month. But um, the DC, the Greater Washington DC Success Summit, February fourth. Uh, it's an awesome, pl- great community, great workshops, and uh, I know there's a really, really good lineup, and it's easy one day, so you oh can sneak gosh. away out of the office one day for that. Be totally there or be it. square. Not to be missed. Uh, congressional conference, NAFIS Congressional Conference, yep. May 19th and 20th. Uh, if you haven't been to the Hill, you need to go, and if you've been there before, it's time to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
advocacy work is never done. Uh, anytime you have new waves of leadership on the House and Congress yes. side, regardless, a lot of new faces. regardless if they're Republican, Democrat, Independent, we are going up there with a message that isn't uh, that is bipartisan and is it is trying to have the American consumer in this profession in mind, uh, so that people have the ability to uh, a happy and healthy retirement. And it's an awesome, quick, easy event. And again, we provide stipends to it for the first several hundred people that register. So totally encourage you to do that. And then we're going to be in Boston for our annual event in October, Cannot October wait. one through the four. Again, you're you're representing Steeler Black and Gold. So going to Boston. What potentially is uh, it's going to be Patriot football season, which is an unnerving thing. I can't get behind uh, the, the Brady Bunch up there. But that being said, Boston is a super cool town. We've got a great stuff lined up. So if uh, you check out NAFA.org, there's going to be some updates uh, regarding our speakers and our lineup. And uh, if you're a member, get active. If you're not a member, time to join. And we're, uh, we're a great community. I think we're celebrating a, a small anniversary. We've been around for a little bit. 130 years. Yeah. Which is, uh, which is again, I referenced the oldest. I mean, I remember. Uh, and the biggest. You so know, year one, so. You know. <laughs> my, uh, we have a, the wall of presidents outside our office, my office here from NAFA leadership in 1972, Franklin Steiner. So I, pre I pretended for a long time in the office that that was my grandfather. That's good. That was more just uh, me having some fun with folks here. Frankie was not my grandfather, but yeah. seemed like a cool dude in the picture. I, I at times joke that I am related to Hank Haney when I'm totally not. And when you go out and golf with me, you'll see how uh, true that is. I so, randomly... Yeah had bourbon with Hank Haney at the Breakers Hotel seven years ago. Love it. And he actually talked to me about golf. I thought he was going to, like, steer clear of, like, golf conversation <laughs> and want to be left alone. But uh, I had ducked out of an event. Don't tell Kevin. Um, and uh, was uh, trying to relax and, and got to meet your your faux father. Yeah. Faux grandfather, Hank Golly. Haney. He didn't yeah. tell me any good Tiger stories, though. He just... <laughs> It was pretty sweet. Any other shout outs you want to make? Uh, just, hey, thanks for having me. This was awesome. Uh, first Thank time I had a chance to do something like this and uh, really, really enjoyed it. Appreciate everything that you do for, for NAFA. Thank you. And, uh, and, you know, again, so and I'll, I'll give a shout out to the NAFA crew and staff out there that's working really Please hard. Do. They're awesome. Um, we've, got a, we've got a great group um, that, that care and uh, want to see this, uh, this industry move forward. So I encourage you to, uh, to get involved. I know you won't be disappointed. Absolutely. And 2020 is going to be a big year. It's Very gonna be big. a big year. So Very lots big. to look forward to. Excellent. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this month's episode of the That's My Financial Guy podcast. We hope you enjoyed yourself. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us online at thehaneycompany.com or on Twitter at The Haney Company. The information provided in this podcast is not intended as specific tax or legal advice and may not be relied upon for purposes of avoiding any federal tax penalties. The Haney Company, its employees and representatives are not authorized to give tax or legal advice. Individuals are encouraged to seek advice from their own tax or legal counsel. Individuals involved in the estate planning process should work with an estate planning team, including their own personal legal or tax counsel. 
The information provided here does not constitute personal financial advice, but is meant as the conveyance of information for educational purposes only. All investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is not indicatory of future returns. Guarantees are backed by the claims-paying ability of the insurer. Brian Haney is a registered representative of Coastal Equities Incorporated and an investment advisory representative of Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated. Investment advisory services are offered through Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated and securities are offered through Coastal Equities Incorporated, member FINRA Civic.